What's up? And welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing. We're presented by SodaSoccer.com. If you haven't checked out the website, SodaSoccer.com, please do, because my co-host, Dominic Jose Bazonio, um, there's, there's a lot of new articles up on the website recently, but a really, really good one on uh, Rochester FC. Uh, if you have not heard of Rochester FC, they are the UPSL side down south in Rochester, sort of trying to compete in the market with Med City FC. So a really good article from Dom on them. Um, a lot of good Minnesota United content coming off their win against the New York Red Bulls as well. So go check us out. Subscribe to the Patreon if you can. Patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. If you subscribe to the Patreon, that means you have the opportunity to listen to this episode before it drops on Friday morning. It could be like late Wednesday night. Anytime on Thursday, you could be listening to this episode. You don't have to wait till Friday if you're a Patreon subscriber. So go consider being a subscriber. You get some other early access and content as well. Patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. But we are at episode 83 of 10,000 Pitches. And of course, Domino Cazé Bazonio is joining me again, as he always does. Dom, how are you? I'm doing great. The weather up here has been a lot better. Today it was in the low 40s at one point, so that's been good. Wow. Uh, had a busy day with uh, with uh, Fuve English stuff because the second division announced some schedule stuff today and clubs and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, yeah, glad that I got the article out this week about Rochester FC. That was that was fun to write about and talk to uh, Midhot about. So I, I encourage people to go check that out. And I will add one more thing we should mention for the podcast. The reason people should join the Patreon is that because of the nature of how we record this, by the time it's out for everyone, there's usually at least one thing we said that is no longer correct. So if yeah. you <laughs> if you get the Patreon, <laughs> then you'll know you'll know when you know when everything's announced and so on. You'll know when we're right, when we're wrong, and, and everything yeah. will be exactly. present. So that's the real bonus to all of it, I think. There's always some sort of topic that's like hypothetical that yeah. we discuss that's no longer hypothetical once the once the podcast drops. It seems to happen every single week. So yeah, another reason to become a Patreon subscriber. Um, Dom, busy as always with the English and busy with uh, SodaSoccer.com. Um, busy podcast this week. We're actually not going to do a top four this week, um, mainly because we went almost two hours last week. <laughs> um including the top four so we're going to take a little break from the top four this week really just get into the headlines and um have some fun breaking down a minnesota united win we got a win dom we did one nil over the new york red bulls i say that like it never happens uh <laughs> minnesota united does win matches um i would say fairly often uh but this is the first win of the 2022 campaign after two uh two draws they do go on the road and get the win. I wouldn't exactly call it an impressive win, but one extremely impressive individual performance from one Dane St. Clair. Um, before we get into his performance, let's just uh, you know go over the circumstances that Minnesota United faced um, as they headed to Red Bull Arena. So four more names inactive before we even knew about Tyler Miller's illness. That's Chase Gasper, Roman Metinair, Bakai Devasi, and O'Neal Fisher. Um, basically, at one point, three of your four starters along the back line are injured, and one of your main depth pieces along the back line is also out hurt. So that's bad enough. And then on match day, you find out that Tyler Miller has fallen ill, so Dane St. Clair is going to have to take over 
that goalkeeper spot. Another shorthanded Loons roster on the road. I think really sort of adjusted expectations going in that maybe one point, if you're lucky, considering you really don't have a, you know, a semblance of your starting back line. But because of the MLS player of the week caliber performance from Dane St. Clair, they got it done, Dom. Yeah, like you said, you know, when when you see all those um, players that won't be able to, to take part, and so many of them are related to to the back line or, or the goalkeeping position, uh, it's it's not great, uh, especially, you know, I think everyone, including everyone at Soda Soccer's perspective going to this match, was a big factor would be, you know, a healthy group, having mm-hmm. options, having all our preferred options available. And, uh, you know, I, you, if you go uh to the social media to the the starting 11 post all that stuff there's full of a lot of fans saying oh we're gonna lose today uh to be perfectly <laughs> frank there are a lot of i mean tons and tons of people posting you know expressing their frustration of you know like oh i guess i shouldn't even watch the danger we're gonna lose today i saw comments you know literally like that all over the place uh th- thankfully they proved to be wrong but but no yeah i mean it, to start uh when the game started I think everyone was was uh, holding their breath a little bit because we were seeing with St. Clair, for example, a player making the first competitive start of the season. Uh, we had another match where you know starting preferred starting fullbacks aren't available, and and, and Debossi, who had been playing multiple positions for those first two games, not available. So, yeah, it was a, a little bit of a heart racer there, uh, but thankfully it did work out in the end. It did. And again, that is much to the, uh, I mean, basically all to the credit of Dane St. Clair. Starts for Tyler Miller. Um, basically only really knew day of that he was going to be getting that starting spot. I believe they had a team meeting in the morning um, that they seem to, that they always have on match days. Uh, Tyler Miller obviously isn't in the meeting because he's sick and they tell Dane, hey, you're starting tonight. And he said something before the match that that really caught my ear. And this is even this was on the pregame show. This is before the ball had even been kicked. He said, "It's a World Cup year. I'm fighting for a spot on the Canadian roster. I feel like I should be." And I'm paraphrasing here. This is not a direct quote, but basically saying, "You know, I feel I'm worthy of the starting goalkeeping spot for the Canadian national team. I'm going to prove why tonight." And he went out and backed that up. Like, like when you say that, like you really need to go, you can't go out and, and just put up a, you know, you know, give up multiple goals. Like you need to go out and, and put on a show. And he absolutely did that eight saves, including a PK save. Like we mentioned MLS player of the week. Um, I believe the XG for the Red Bulls was 3.6 to the loons or excuse me 3.8 to the loons 0.6 um so nearly four uh goals four expected goals for the red bulls and the reason why they didn't put up four or even one on the board is because dane st Clair was an absolute brick wall diving left and right um really was just on his game and I mean, he is the one that Minnesota United, every other player on that roster can look to and say, thank you. Like, you you single-handedly won us this game. Without Dane St. Clair, it's easily 4-1, 5-2 in favor of the Red Bulls. Oh, most certainly. I mean, particularly, obviously, because of the penalty situation. I mean, in almost any other situation, they at least are scoring one goal. 
that game. Um, if not for a moment of brilliance from him. And there were a lot of moments of brilliance. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the point that he made about his national team situation is a really interesting one. That's a, that's a steep mountain that he has to climb to get minutes with the Canadian national team. They have uh, two, three other goalkeepers that are very much in conversations for starting minutes, if not the yeah. uh, primary bench position. Um, uh, two of which are also in MLS at uh, LAFC and uh, uh, I was going to say the Montreal Impact, whatever they're now, include the Montreal, whatever. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's called CF Montreal now. I don't yeah, know. CF Montreal. Yeah. Um, and so you know the it's it's a mountain climb. Even if he does end up becoming the designated starter for the rest of the season, it's still a mountain climb. That being said. If he puts up a better season or a comparable season to those other MLS keepers as the year progresses, you know, maybe maybe that is a conversation that he can make his way through. Uh, at the very least, as being part of the squad, whether whether or not he actually would play at the World Cup. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge motivation. It means so much to 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 a footballer to have a chance to represent your country, and. Uh, I suppose also with his age, there's also the factor of him wanting to get as much of an in as he can now in the hopes that then in the next cycle, he would perhaps have more, more clout uh, to, to be playing more. But yeah, so, I mean, that's a hell of a motivator for a player. And he did about as much as a goalkeeper can do in 90 minutes to, to make his argument, did literally everything you can ask them to do, uh, including the stuff that you expect them not to be able to do. And uh, I have to say, after that 90 minutes, and I think a lot of people agree with this, I don't think this is a controversial thing to say, but I think it becomes incredibly difficult for Adrian Heath to start Tyler uh, Tyler Miller this weekend. Oh, I man. Mean, I, Can you I, imagine? It's possible. It's I possible mean, that, that it's, it happens. It's not impossible, but the reactions. Oh, yeah. If the team sheet comes out on Saturday and it's Tyler Miller starting a goal, nothing against Tyler Miller. He has been great for Minnesota United. But after arguably the best goalkeeper performance that we have ever seen from a Minnesota United keeper, you, yeah. you can't, you can't, Tom. You can't go back to Tyler Miller after that. You can't. If, if, if you have to start you, can, you have to. 100%. You cannot go yeah. back at this point. I mean, you can go back if Dane does not maintain a level worth of starting moving forward. But you have to give him the continued opportunity on Saturday. You just have to. I agree. I completely agree with everything you're saying. But all I, the only asterisk that I find myself thinking about when you say you can't, and I'm trying to, I'm <laughs> full disclosure. I'm trying I to know, check to make sure I say this right. I want to make sure I get this exactly right. But people, Dave, and now I'm going to start sounding like an Adrian Heath hater. That's not what this is. But people, Dave, Adrian Heath, a lot of crap because when we made the U.S. Open Cup final. 2019, Darwin Quintero, who that season had been phenomenal in the Open Cup campaign, he had basically gotten us to the final, didn't get started. And a lot of people, retrospectively, thought that was a huge part of why that game really quickly got out of hand. So all I'm saying is, it's very possible for coaches to drop players who seem like obvious starters. Never. Now, that all being said, that all being said, I'm sure he'll play against San Jose, but I just I don't want to assume anything because anything's possible. Uh, and assuming Tyler Miller's illness is not severe and that he's 
better by now, you know, he'll be in contention. So, uh, but all that to say, I'm glad that, that Dane had a great performance and it, it does bring back the thoughts that, that I and others had in the preseason that, you know, this guy really deserves a shot with this team. This, this shouldn't be a situation where we just try to offload a, a really promising player for the sake of, you know, sticking with what we kind of think we should just be sticking with. Uh, and I, I hope this means that he gets a considerable amount of minutes this season. Maybe Miller at some point, you know, gets back in. Obviously, rotation happens. There's going to be multiple competitions this year with the Open Cup back and all that. I realize those are factors, but I, I hope at the very least that this result, and let's say he plays San Jose as well, that those two results are enough to make it clear to the team that he needs to be playing regularly in some capacity. Uh, because if he doesn't, that is a horrible mistake. This is such a talented player to be dropped, like you said, dropped cold into a match like that. And I mean, only, only goalkeeper to get a clean sheet this season so far, stops a penalty, has amazing open play saves. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. All, all of this, oh, by the way, on the road as well against a team that's worth seven goals in two games leading up to this. Uh, it, it doesn't get better than that. So I, I hope that this opens up minutes for him. He didn't look rusty either, Dom. He didn't look like somebody who's only started one match in, in over a year. And I have to wonder if that performance against Portland, while it wasn't a terrible performance, it wasn't all that great a performance in the playoff match in a similar circumstance. I, I have to I have to wonder if there was some sort of thought going through Dane's mind after that that, like, I'm not letting this happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter when I'm called upon, I'm going to make damn sure I am ready to go. And I'm going to take because I don't know when that opportunity is going to come. I didn't play well enough today to solidify a spot moving forward. But I'm going to make damn sure that when I get called upon again, when my name is called, whenever that is, because it's going to happen, that I I do the work, I do the job, and uh, you know I I sh- I show what I can do. Again, I don't want to put thoughts or words into Dane Sinclair's head. I'm just sort of you know thinking out loud here, but. It's similar circumstance to the playoff match against Portland. Completely different result and performance. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously a lot, even it's worth noting a lot can just change in a couple months, you know, um, yeah. he's obviously still quite young and developing as a player. And uh, when, 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 and also goalkeepers just in general, that's a position, you know, obviously they tend to peak at an older age. They develop at slightly different speed than other positions, just the nature of, of the job. Um, and so, you know, I, I understand there were people that were kind of saying, well, wait, slow down last year. He only played, you know, when he did play, the results weren't great. But in that kind of position, the age he is at a certain point, I almost feel like it's just, it's even impossible to really put that much weight into something that happened six months ago in a different season it's 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 just i don't know i i understand what they're saying i I just don't think that it's as concrete of a connection as they believe it is uh and and i i think i I, I completely agree yeah i think we should focus on what he's doing now and uh uh, what he's doing now is is being the best goalkeeper currently in terms of performances on the team so um yeah i want to see more of that 
We'll get right back into the episode in just a minute, but I want to talk to you about our friends over at Pence Homes. If you're on Minnesota United Twitter, you probably know who Nate Pence is. He's a diehard Loon supporter, but he's also a supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole, just like us here at Soda Soccer. See, Nate and his team are realtors specializing in the St. Paul and Minneapolis area, and he proudly supports various teams and organizations in the Twin Cities soccer community, like Minneapolis City, our friends over at Equal Time Soccer, and now SodaSoccer.com and 10,000 pitches. Not only is Nate ingrained in the local soccer ecosystem here, he's also helped countless people in and around the Metro buy and sell their homes and has made them very happy as a result. But don't take our word for it. Just listen to what Kate W had to say. She said, quote, Nate was excellent to work with. He's down to earth, approachable, not pushy. We developed a great rapport with Nate and have already recommended him to friends. So just head to pencehomes.com to get the process started or email Nate directly at nate at pencehomes.com. That's P-E-N-T-Z homes.com. Also, make sure you let him know Jeremy from Soda Soccer sent you. Again, that's pencehomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z homes.com. Before we switch topics, just sort of expand on that. It's not like 2021 was the only opportunity that we got to see Dane St. Clair in goal. I mean, 2020 was an excellent year for Dane. While none of the performances were on the level that we saw on Sunday, he put together quite a few really, really good performances, particularly at the end of the season in the playoffs, too. Um, So I don't necessarily want that to go forgotten, that you know this this is a kid who... For all intents and purposes, I mean, there's a reason he started 2021 as a team starting goalkeeper over Tyler Miller because of the year he had in 2020. 0-1-4 start. I think no matter what happens, you sort of just make a switch to to just change the mojo and change things up. And Miller had a had a great year overall. There was at one point statistically he was a top three keeper if you look at like goals against and save percentage and x versus xg and all that stuff he was a top three keeper for much of last season i think he still ended because of the equity that he built um even with the struggles that he had still like a top eight keeper in the league so um you know there's there's a reason why dane started there's a reason why tyler miller earned and kept the spot through the season but in that same vein goalkeeper i feel like is such like a hot hand position Right. I feel like there's not too much of that in soccer where you kind of you have the opportunity to go with the hot hand or go with the hot foot or whatever you want to call it. Um, but goalkeeper is that there is sort of a, an element to, uh, there. You know, there, there's waves, there's peaks and valleys with, with goalkeepers at times. And if you're Adrian Heath and you have two quality goalkeepers, it makes sense to just continue to go with the hot hand, whoever that hot hand is. And that's uh, that's one of the big main reasons why I say you know that you can't go back because you have a keeper. You've shown that you're willing to ride the hot hand the opposite way. So you need to sort of maintain that consistency and do it this way too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, what what matters most at the end of the day is what's happening right now. Um, yeah, what a player did a year ago is good for the stat sheet, and uh, if someone writes an article about them, but. Uh, that has very little to do with what actually is going to happen when you put them on the pitch right now. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I would imagine that he's going to go with the goalkeeper that's performing the best right now. And that's Dancing Clay. The scoreline was 1-0 on Sunday and the one came from Luis Maria. 
gets on the board first goal of the season uh third official goal is a loon fourth if you count the mls's back tournament in 2020 uh, um excellent cross in and delivery from dotson on the goal it was a volley from amaria which is straight off his highlight tape i mean those are the positions where he really thrives and almost scored in a similar circumstance against nashville um in the home opener and um you know, hopefully this starts to maybe open the gates a little bit and loose and, and loosen things up. And, you know, we can sort of see a little bit more of this, um, but great goal outside of the goal. It was sort of one of those matches kind of continuing the theme that the attack seemed a little bit disjointed and, and non-existent for the most part. But the important thing is you get one in the back of the net and uh, combine that with Dane's performance and you get three points. Yeah, uh, I mean, just to to repeat what you said, a, a goal, great finish, fantastic goal, probably the uh, best one. We well, Lode's goal was was very fun to watch, but I I would say maybe the best goal that's you know we've scored this season so far, mm-hmm. um, and and hopefully it does as you as you were suggesting help him find some momentum, find a little extra confidence, and, and improve his overall form. I didn't think I thought most of the issues that people have had with him the first two matches were still there against the Rebels. I didn't necessarily think that his overall play was any better per se, but you know, at the end of the day, you're the striker and you can cover up a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of rust with scoring. So, you know, he did that. That's at the end of the day, that's about half the job. So uh, that that's good to see. Uh, And hopefully hope, you know, San Jose have been quite, quite porous defensively so perhaps it's a good timing to get the first one leading into that game and maybe he can kind of get the ball rolling a little more consistently and feel a little more confident uh to your other point yeah overall the attack did not actually i guess i already said this about uh, maria but i didn't actually think the attack looked any better <laughs> i thought overall it was kind of just the same but things worked out uh yeah. which is better than drawing uh but it, it does not necessarily uh, improve confidence in the long term. Uh, you know, there were, uh, uh, we talked about this, uh, I believe, with the Nashville game. Uh, Robin Lode just kind of wasn't really there. Like, you know, yeah. and, and again, I think what we said before about some of that having to do with um, what other players are doing as much as him is, is still the case. It's not that he's just avoiding playing the game or something, but uh, didn't really feel like I ever saw anything happening with him. Uh, uh, Reynoso again, a lot of, lot of issues. Amaria again, a lot of issues. Uh, Fragapane started, we didn't think he was going to, he was, you know, okay, but again, there were issues. Uh, and he ended up, we'll talk about maybe about this more later, but he obviously ended up coming off, uh, yeah. with what seemed to be just a re aggravation of the, of the same injury, which makes you question why he was played, but that might be a separate conversation. Um, so you know, not. Not a ton of confidence overall built by the fact that we won this game. No, but it's a big three points, right? Yeah. And as you mentioned, there's a there's a San Jose team coming to town on Saturday who has not been great defensively, who is letting in goals. I, I, I made the point. I'm very proud of the point I made on Post Loons with James Hargrave. If you haven't checked that out, uh, a very extensive post-game conversation after the Red Bulls win. But I said, San Jose is a team that, that tries to outscore other teams, but often fails to do so. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. their style. Like we're going to play a four, three, five, four game, but those score lines end up being like four, two, five, three, the other way. 
Um, so that's the opportunity that you have as an attack. You get sort of the monkey off your back with this really nice goal. And again, they've scored in previous matches, but this one felt for Amaria specifically to be especially big for the confidence. Um, if you can sort of take what momentum that you've gained from the, from the win and the goal into this San Jose match, um, I think there's an opportunity for three or four goals to go across the line for Minnesota. And, and if Dane St. Clair is even half the goalkeeper he was against, uh, against the Red Bulls and we, you know, knock on all the wood in the world that we get a somewhat healthy Minnesota United back line. And we will get to that um, as it pertains for the long term and, and just a little bit, um, you know, there can be, that can be a really, really positive result for Minnesota. There's a lot of potential with this game on Saturday. So um, I do want to talk about Lud and Reynoso um, a little bit. Um, Lud, like you said, second straight match where he was really um, out of the match, if you will, didn't play much of a factor. I mean, if I didn't see him in the starting 11, I would have not even known he was on the field, to be honest. Like it was one of those matches. Um, Reynoso, on the other hand, was existent, but not a factor. Um, really one of the poorest performances that we have seen from Amanda Reynoso in a Minnesota United uniform. Um, he had one or two matches last year that were sort of left you scratching your head, but I don't think anything like we saw on Sunday. Um, but being assuming that he's healthy, again, knock on wood, assuming that he's healthy, um, I would expect some sort of bounce back performance from him on, on Saturday. He doesn't seem like the kind of player who will allow himself to have multiple performances like that. And especially against the San Jose side, who we mentioned has proven to be very, very vulnerable. Um, and really, I, I don't know. I feel like their style of play plays into a main Reynoso very, very well. Um, so I'd expect him to bounce back, but it'll be interesting to see how Lud and Reynoso respond from those performances. Cause these are two guys who have proven vital to Minnesota United success. They they need to bounce back, not only for Saturday, but for you know the continuation of the season. Um, to really, you know, if we want Minnesota United to go where we think they have the potential to go, I mean, a lot of that hinges on the performance of Reynoso and Lud. Yeah, you know, I, I can't help but think this might technically count as a hot take. I don't know, but uh, I can't I can't help but think, and just particularly in terms of Reynoso, because at the end of the day, that's that's the guy that the team is is so very sort of not necessarily built around in, in the sense that everyone was signed to play with him, but built around in the sense that this feels that there's so much tactically and stylistically that has to do with him being the heart of that team. Uh, and obviously he's a designated player and, and so on. Uh, you know, this really, and, and I'm far from the first person to say this part, uh, th this season is really a deciding factor in terms of what we remember him as at this team. Obviously, yeah. His time here so far has been largely good and he's contributed to goals and he's helped the team get, you know, places the team wants to be in terms of playoff contention and these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, that's not being a consistent team in the playoffs was not necessarily what I thought Minnesota United was signing Reynoso for. It felt like the, the goal was something bigger than that. And, uh, if if it doesn't work out this year, if that if if he doesn't turn the or flip the switch and get to that level this year, I do feel like then you start to be in the danger of him not being remembered especially well, or being remembered as part of a list of players who were great but didn't necessarily get the team where it was supposed to go. 
And there's been a, quite a few of those. Uh, I, I, I don't think I even need to list anybody off. I think there's automatically going to be about 10 names that pop up for the listeners. And, uh, you know, that'd be unfortunate if that happened. I'm, but I'm just saying, I think that that is a concern that is in the air this year. So to, your, to what you were saying, he needs to find himself uh, this season. And, mm-hmm. and I think the reason all those concerns are even relevant right now is that we're three games in, and I don't feel like he's shown any improvement in that grand journey. Uh, obviously, it's only three games, but, you know, it's a start eventually. Uh, three games quickly turns into six, seven, eight games. So hopefully this weekend, a team that you would expect to struggle to defend, hopefully, just like we're talking with Amaria, hopefully he can find some, some flow in the field, maybe get a goal or an assist, you know, get, get involvements in goals and start to feel like, okay, this is what I'm going to do this year. This is how I'm going to do it. These are my connections. This is how I'm communicating with these guys. Because uh, at some point it needs to start happening. Otherwise, again, this is going to become a signing that in five, six, seven years, I don't think people are going to remember that well. Yeah. Um, you, you said it really well, and you have the historical context of this team. Um, I agree and disagree in the fact that I think Emmanuel Reynoso could fall off the face of the planet from a, from a soccer standpoint. And even the day he leaves Minnesota United, I think at that point he will still be the best player Minnesota United has ever had. Now, again, that's, that's not a super considering the short time that Minnesota United has been in existence. It's not necessarily the highest bar in the world. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that the performances that he's put together Late 2020, even a stretch of last season, um, I think he has sort of, I guess, earned, a, a to me, kind of a, a higher tier in that, in that uh, I guess, history of Minnesota United. Um, but that's, that's just me. Um, but I do think that he needs, uh, in order for him to be remembered fondly, I do think that we need to see more consistency and 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 continued improvement and continued impact from him for a longer period of time, right? This is not even two full years that he has been with Minnesota United. So, um, yeah, to your to your point, there needs to be some sort of continued consistent impact and success from him. Um, if if at the end of the day he's going to this team is going to go where we want them to go, and he is going to be where we want him to be in that journey, for sure. Taking a quick water break here to tell you about our good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. And when I say friends, I 100% mean it. Jason Mora has been supporting 10,000 pitches since its infancy in the summer of 2020. And he's continuing to provide us that support with SodaSoccer.com. And I'm proud to say he's become a good, good friend of mine. Jason used his experience as a pro all over the country, including right here at Minnesota United, to help him launch a company that can provide quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices to clubs and teams at all levels. This is a Minneapolis-based company doing great things for local, nationwide, and even worldwide clubs. Minneapolis City, Joy Athletic, Vlora, Dynamo St. Cloud, Tulsa Athletic, the American Outlaws, and even the Anguian National Team all use Stimulus to outfit their club jerseys game gear and apparel they need and stimulus can do the same for you and your club as well it's pretty simple just head to stimulusathletic.com start a conversation with their amazing team and let them know jeremy from soda soccer sent you again 
That's stimulusathletic.com. We got some news today as we're recording on Wednesday. Um, some interesting news and then some news, some not so great news, but it made the first bit of news make more sense. If that makes sense. Um, so the first bit of news that came out was that the Loons reportedly have made a trade for Toronto FC left back Kamar Lawrence, um, 2018 defender of the year in MLS. So another former defender of the year making their way to Minnesota United, um, which seemed interesting. I know that, uh, you know, we knew at the time that Chase Gasper had been out with uh, some concussion related issues, some head related issues. Um, so that was sort of an indicator that there was something long-term happening with that. Um, but then just a couple short hours later, the team announced that Gasper is voluntarily checking himself into MLS's substance abuse and behavioral health program um, and will be away from the team while in said program. Um, David Goss from MLS tweeted that he knew that, uh, you know, some context on this, that, you know, Chase's family had been going through some really, really rough times over the last couple of years. Um which sort of again can be sort of a, a fuel to some 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 negative things happening, uh, right? So um, we obviously wish Chase nothing but the best in in this journey that he finds himself on, and and hope that you know whatever he's going through, he gets the help and, and support that he needs. Um, and I, I think it's it's really brave of him and and good on him to sort of take the initiative to enter this program to sort of better himself, and um, hopefully that leads to him being able to take the field in the future, whenever that is uh, again for Minnesota United, because um, on the field, he's a vital part of the team, but um, obviously bigger things happening off the field for him that he needs to sort of overcome in order for that to happen. But um, you know, we wish him nothing but the best here. Um, and uh, a little bit jarring news today. I was definitely not expecting anything like that, but um, you know, again, um, positive sign that he understands he needs to take the step. And, uh, and hopefully it can lead to better things in his future. Yeah, you know, and the the, the positive silver lining of, of all this that I, I'm so glad for is that we live in a time now where whether it be through through the league, the person's playing in another club or some other institution that um, the athletes, you know, have these sorts of resources to go to or programs or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that... You know, I, I think everyone probably already knows this, but that was not a thing for the vast majority of the history of organized sport. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of stories out there of folks that ended up on the uh, worse end of, of potential fates because they did not have the, the resources they needed uh, to deal with whatever they were dealing with. So, you know, glad that that is in place now that he's able to be a part of that to hopefully benefit from it and like you said yeah just hope that uh whatever whatever he may be confronting or dealing with that you know he's he's able to do so and that he's got the right support to help him do that let's transition and and expand on the signing of kamar lawrence here um I, i think i think we're both in the camp that we are optimistic and confident about dj taylor's future um but the man across from him, Lewis Morgan, had an absolute field day on Sunday. Uh, one of the most, <laughs> one of the most impressive performances in a losing effort that I think I've ever seen from an individual perspective. Uh, he was just everywhere, um, and uh, so I think it, 
think it showed that 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 Taylor still has some improvement to make. Um, you know, and and he's young, so I think he has the opportunity to make that. Um, but there's obviously without Chase Gasper, there is a bit of a hole there at left back. Um, so I, I think he hasn't taken the field yet for Minnesota United, so I don't want to jump to any conclusions. But on the surface, this looks like a really positive trade and positive sign, and we don't know what they've given up for Lawrence uh, at this point. By the time this podcast airs, again talking about what you said earlier, uh, it will probably be known uh, whether it's allocation money, international spot, draft pick, whatever it is um, for for Lawrence. Uh, but at this point, we don't know what they gave up. Uh, but I mean, a a an established piece at a crucial position coming in for Minnesota here. Um, that if he can stay healthy, knock on wood, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, assuredly play a, play a huge factor for, for them as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and, and obviously, as you noted, this is under the assumption that, that, uh, that, you know, there won't be any serious injuries or anything like that, but uh, uh, Kamar Lawrence, when in the past he's been in MLS has, has been one of the best, his last, Last year, when he was with Toronto FC, did not go as well. That was not necessarily his fault. That entire squad was uh, a little bit of a project that didn't quite work out. Um, but uh, when he was with the Red Bulls, I mean, he was widely considered one of the best in the league. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a reason he he got his chance in Europe. That also, again, had its ups and downs. But there's a reason here and that. There's a reason that he's a international with Jamaica. There's, you know, he has earned a lot of respect in his time. So... Uh, if you're going to have this sort of last minute situation, bring somebody in, lose an option in a position, et cetera, Kamar Lawrence is far from the worst person to have uh, yeah. entered the enter the picture from all that. And yeah, look, we at the end of the day do not know quite what the plan is in terms of who's playing where. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly happy to have or for the team to have him as an option. Uh, I think he could certainly contribute a lot uh, in this sort of jumble that we have right now, particularly in the fullback positions with, you know, how, how much is Taylor going to be involved? How much is Dotson potentially going to be involved? How much is uh, O'Neill going to be involved? You know, uh, Fisher rather going to be involved. You know, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of things at play, but I, I don't think it hurts anybody to have an, a skilled experience option like Lawrence in the team. Definitely. Um, larger conversation on Hassani Dotson uh, on post loons with myself and James Hargrave. You can check that out. Um, 35 minutes on the loons. We have a lot of other stuff to get to. Um, so we're going to kind of move forward here. Um, some former loons making news. Wyatt Olmsberg, MLS draft pick for Minnesota, started his third straight game for Chicago. Um, they have gone uh, three straight clean sheets to kick off the season. And they beat DC United 2-0 this weekend. Um, Olmsberg makes MLS Team of the Week, along with fellow former Loon, Darwin Quintero. And he had a sort of a vintage Darwin Quintero performance. Um, two goals and a 2-1 to Houston win over Vancouver. Um, first goal since October 16th of last year. Um, he ended last season on a high note after not scoring at all until mid-September. Um, he scored three times in a five-game span near the end of the season for just a terrible Houston team. Um, and three games in, he scores his first two goals of the 2022 campaign. So um, good to see him getting back in the on the score sheet. And, of course, Wyatt Elmsberg 
uh, playing a big role for a uh, Chicago back line that is yet to concede a goal this year. Yeah, really impressive from him. You know, that that's a, a guy that at the end of the day did not really get much of a chance at Minnesota United. And I don't necessarily think that's anybody's fault. I think it was more of a factor just simply when he was here, who was in front of him on the on the depth list, depth chart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're a young, when you're a draft pick or an otherwise young player, center back is a tough position to break into. I mean, that's not, that's not a position you're getting subbed in for 15 minutes at the end of the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think unfortunately it's just one of those things. Uh, so anyways, it's great to certainly see him figure his professional life out and, and have his career continue to go and at this level as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Chicago team is looking like it has a lot of potential. It's obviously early, but to go three games of conceding and five points is a lot better than Chicago's been the last couple of years. Um, I know there's been some folks who have pointed out that that might have something to do with a certain Costa Rican defender that left this off season. Um, but you know, that, that, that's for MLS reporters to talk about, but, uh, but Omsberg or Omsberg has been, uh, wonderful so far this year. And I, I, I'm excited to see where that team to go. Obviously they brought Shakiri in this, this off season. They got kind of a, little bit of a revamp going new badge actually as well third badge in a couple of years so anyways uh yeah it's exciting to see him being part of this this revamp and, and hopefully he continues to, to thrive all right let's move on and talk about minneapolis city um there was a lot of to me one of the big questions i had as they lead into their first usl two season is how many guys from the NPSL squad last year would actually be on this USL League 2 roster, right? Um, obviously, they are the class of the NPSL North. They are one of sort of the, the teams that people think about when they think of the NPSL on a national perspective, made the uh, made the regional finals last year. Um, but it is a step up in competition in USL League 2, right? Um, and Matt Van Benskoten, in my interview with him just a couple months ago, actually a month and a half ago now, hard to believe it was that long, but um, had mentioned that no, you know, in addition to bringing up some of the NPSL players from last year, um, they were were going to bring in some new players as well, obviously. Um, So what was that ratio going to look like? Right. Well um, this week, pretty much every day this week, uh, Minneapolis city announced a new or a re-signing, if you will, now a member, uh, a returning player who will be, joining their USL League 2 roster. Um, so just a quick rundown of those names. You probably know them. Nick Hutton, Cole Schwartz, Matt Murakami, defender Jack Barry, midfielder Dominic Mesjin, uh, last year's team MVP for my money, Lionel Vang, um, and staunch defender Jonah Garcia, um, all coming back for the Crows. Um, I think that's a real testament to the quality of the team they built pre-move to USL that they're able to confidently, you know, return so many players as they enter this new league and um, a league that many players see as that path to pro, right? That uh, a new platform, if you will, to uh, potentially getting a move to the next level. And um, for those guys, this is now sort of a, a step closer. If they have professional aspirations, if any of these guys do, this is sort of a step closer to potentially achieving that dream, just being in this new league, right? So it's just as big for them as it is for Minneapolis city, the organization. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's great to see, I mean, some of those names are, are guys that are going to be playing their 
third or third or so season with the team as well. So it's it's great to see it's got some got some vets that are going to still be part of the picture. Uh, guys who mm-hmm. didn't just play in the MPSL last year, but they've you know been MPSL guys for a while. Um, and yeah, you know, look in a way, this doesn't surprise me only in the sense that obviously USL League Two in many respects is is held at a, a higher regard than um, other leagues at that level, and then those are that's very understandable. But I do think sometimes people misconstrue that to simply mean that like all the players are better than the players that happen to be in MPSL. It's not really how it works, um, you know, in part because obviously there's very little, you know, these players most of the time are being paid. So a lot of this really ends up being about a lot of other elements than just like quality measurement. Uh, and and I, I want to say Matt might have even mentioned this to some degree, or maybe it was a, one of our other Minneapolis City interviews about this this move but um you know often at the end of a year of a season a really strong mpsl team will have to worry about all its good players getting calls from usl two teams that can promise often better facilities or better organization um you know I, I i know that's what happened to a lot of the top players from from that duluth midwest championship team that's here so a lot of those guys went to USL lead two teams that were closer to their colleges. So, you know, it, it, that's, that's, that's the, the truth of it is that it's not that the players are just better. It's, it's often just a matter of scouting and connections. So all that to say that in a way it makes complete sense that they're sticking to a lot of the strengths they had in, in the MPSL North, give these guys a chance to show if they can do it at the next level. There's reason to believe they can do it at the next level. And, uh, and, you know, it's great. Obviously this is a team that, focuses a lot on that local connection and developing players so if they weren't doing this in a way it would probably be strange and so it's great to see them sticking to that and sticking to these guys uh and yeah i mean some of the names you you mentioned you mentioned vane for example that's a guy that i'm really interested to see what he can do at this level um and you know maybe not everybody is going to plug in great but it's still going to be interesting to see what who does uh and so that that's really exciting for minnesota soccer All right, you can call this our 10K coffee break because it's time to tell you about our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Derek and his team at Night Street have been so great to us, and we hope you can support them the way they've done for us over this past year. Night Street is part indoor soccer facility, part coffee shop. You heard me right. You can get a pickup game in and get your espresso fix all in the same place. How cool is that? I have to say, I was lucky enough to sample some of the coffee you can get at 9th Street. My goodness, it's some great stuff. Derek is one hell of a barista, I'll just say that. Affordable weekly pickup is always available at 9th Street. You can reserve the field for your team, party, or group outing. And they always have something cool going on at 9th Street, including Minnesota United watch parties happening periodically for road games throughout the season. So make sure you check them out on IG and Twitter at 9th. Ninth Street MPLS. That's Ninth and Street, both spelled out. N I N T H S T R E E T M P L S on IG and Twitter. Look them up on Facebook and Google, or visit their website, NinthStreetMPLS.com. Just like the uh, social handles, N I N T H S T R E E T M P L S.com to sign up for pickup, reserve field time, or just learn all about our good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South 9th Street, Minneapolis, or online at 9thStreetMPLS.com. Um, and you got to think, uh, you know, if you're a, a League One or even a USL Championship team, um, you know, you're kind of looking at League Two in terms of, okay, who are these next young guys that we can potentially bring on that can bring some quality that we don't have to 
buy from overseas or you know bring down from you know a professional team and a, and a loan or just somebody who maybe just is more suited for the usl championship level but they have the mls sort of attached to their name so it's going to cost an arm and a leg like like the you know this this is the level that a lot of these teams are looking at you know i think of like a if regionally think of a team like forward madison you know you think they're keeping a closer eye on minneapolis city than maybe they were before not that they weren't keeping a close eye on them before but you think they're sort of keep you know taking a, taking a closer look i th- i would think so uh in addition to a lot of other teams so um really really cool uh the first time we'll see minneapolis city taking the pitch in 2022 is for the march 23rd us open cup opening round match against des moines menace and that will be broadcast live on espn plus dom pretty pretty yeah. big time there uh for the crows to get that espn plus uh spot there for the opening round match good on the u.s open cup for making a lot of those matches pretty much all those opening round matches accessible on that platform too um watch party happening with our friends over at night street soccer and coffee along with a food truck beer from muda pills brewing and a minneapolis city futures showcase so it's not just the match there's a whole kind of party atmosphere going on um We'll be, well, I will be there. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to expect you to drive down from Duluth down, but um, <laughs> I will be there 10 K and soda soccer will be represented there at ninth street by yours. Truly um, the party begins at six game kicks off at seven uh, should be a really, really good time. Uh, so if you have nothing to do next Wednesday, the 23rd uh, come on out to ninth street and enjoy and support Minnesota soccer at the lower league level with this watch party. Um, crows are going to wear the blue version of the cats and crows kit, Dom. They made, so that was one of the options when, and that was thinking for the home kit specifically, one of the, one of the options that, uh, you know, members and supporters could vote on as which home kit they wanted. It didn't win, but they're bringing it on as a U.S. open cup kit. And it's not going to be white. It's actually going to be a blue background i mean just kind of one of those cool ridiculous one-of-a-kind type things that you expect from minneapolis city um and honestly something like that like that's the kind of stuff that could potentially end up on sports center like if if a minneapolis city player scores even a slightly impressive goal they might throw it on top 10 plays just to show off the the kit like I'm not kidding. Like that's something I think that yeah. ESPN and Sports Center might might try to do. So, uh, very very good marketing move by Minneapolis City. Uh, but I mean, again, just really cool to see them get that platform and and uh, you know use the U.S. Open Cup as an opportunity to uh, give some of the supporters and fans what they wanted with the Cats and Crows kit. Yeah, and I I imagine anyways that there's also a little callback to the uh, the blue uh, uh, kit they used in their a previous open cup qualifying campaign as well that became very popular with the fan base uh, it was kind of like a classic you know old school style of football kit um yeah and, and uh the espn uh, uh plus thing is awesome it's important you know people remember should remember that decision to make sure that all the competitive or all the official rounds of the open cup were broadcast in some form on espn that started in 2019 that 2018, it was just teams had to figure it out for themselves. So a lot of my Cujo streams of <laughs> YouTube streams, a, of, lot, a lot of Reddit slash free streams yeah. <laughs> action going on for the U.S. Open Cup. So that this is a and and 
it's new also in the sense that it was active for a year and then they canceled the competition for two years. So, um, so yeah, it's great. They're continuing that. Um, I, I got to see Duluth, uh, funny enough against the Des Moines menace as well in Des Moines, uh, you know, Duluth play in 2019 on, on ESPN plus, And that was super fun. Um, and it, it's awesome to see now Minneapolis city there and, and hopefully we see many more, you know, NPSL and UPSL clubs on that that stage at some point in the next couple of years. And, uh, and, you know, if they make a run, they might even end up on a, a bigger form of ESPN than ESPN plus. But, um, but yeah, it's great. It's great that there's that support now for that level of the competition, making sure people can see it, especially for a club like Minneapolis city that certainly have followings well outside of the area, the Minneapolis area, or the, even the Midwest, um, you know, cool that anybody who happens to like them can, can, you know, uh, if they have ESPN plus anyways, can can go watch and they don't have to worry about regional rules and all that kind of stuff when, and you know driving to be there so yeah awesome that they're going to be on there and hopefully they're on there more than once yes i i agree um switching over to the women's side now minnesota aurora fc big news from them they are getting set to unveil their first kit in club history and uh, they made a pretty good decision, Dom, bringing on former forward Madison Art Director and kit designer Cap- Cassidy Sibneski, uh to design the 2022 kit. I mean, if you've seen anything forward Madison has put out over the last three years of existence, all those kits are largely thanks to Cassidy Sibneski. Um, So the fact that she is helping out or she is sort of spearheading the effort for the Minnesota Aurora kit. Um, I cannot wait to see what this thing looks like. Um, it, it's going to, it's going to be cool. Um, I think West Burdine tweeted out that they could just tweet a blank like image and just say Cassidy designed this and sell it and sell a thousand of them. That's totally accurate because I mean, she has got the best reputation I think in, in soccer when it comes to kit design and, and stuff like that. So I, I can't I can't wait to see what this thing looks like. And um, we'll find out on April 9th um, in the Rotunda of the Mall of America. We'll be doing an official kit announcement there um, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So just a, a cool situation. Um, you know, continuing sort of this, this theme that Minnesota Aurora is big. It's a big club. It's a big deal. Um, so to not only have Cassidy on to do the kit design, but also unveil it in the rotunda at the freaking mall of America. Like that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. It's a very, very big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that, that one, you're going to have uh, uh, Hummel producing the kit, which is obviously a very well-known brand. And then as you were laying out there to then pair it with such a uh, successful creative person when it comes to, to football, uh, and someone who obviously has so many connections to this part of the country in general um, with Ford Madison, I believe also with uh, the Green Bay Voyagers. Um, that's, that's, you know, it doesn't get much more perfect than that. And like, and again, like you said, it, it makes anyone that wasn't already kind of interested to see what their kit would look like. Uh, you'd be really stupid not to be interested now. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention that day. I'll be checking my phone repeatedly to uh mm-hmm. to, to see what it's going to end up looking like but yeah i mean if it you know they obviously already got great branding going on with the the badge and some of the merch and and, and graphics in general so the fact that that's going to be merged with this 
uh, you know, I mean, that's, it's going to set a really high bar for what it's, what the branding and image means for, for, I, I think the whole league, this whole USLW league, uh, yeah. they're probably going to blow a lot of the other teams out of the water, to be honest. Uh, but, but, or you know, force them to force them to, or force them to step it up, up yeah. into, into that sort of, uh, stratospheres. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, there are other teams. I believe the the Greenville team is going to just now unveil their brand and branding this weekend. And so there are a lot of teams that are sort of, just from a timeline perspective, kind of behind what Minnesota Aurora is doing. And I almost wonder if that's on purpose to sort of like, hey, let's see what Minnesota Aurora is doing so we don't get completely blown out of the water <laughs> on some of this yeah. stuff. So um, very, very interesting. But yeah, really excited to see what that kit looks like on April 9th. Um, other news, um, staying on the women's side, the WPSL, um, we've, we've known that there's going to be a new club in the WPSL, uh, in the Minnesota conference that now obviously, you know, has a couple Dakota teams in it now. Um, Sioux Falls city, um, is the new club in the WPSL and they are, uh, they have unveiled their badge. It looks pretty cool. You can check us out on Twitter at soda SOC to see what that looks like. Um, and just about a week ago, Dom, Dakota Young Stars in Sioux Falls did the same exact thing, um, unveiling a new look, a new brand. And then Minnesota Twin Stars also just recently unveiled a new badge and a new brand. So it's kind of the, the time of the rebrand, the time of the refresh. We know all about that here at Soda Soccer. Um, it can do wonders for you. Um, and uh, obviously a, a few teams sort of taking that initiative to do that. Um, just really, really cool to see them invest the time and the effort in terms of just refreshing the image um, of these clubs. And I'm really excited for Sioux Falls City specifically to see what they can bring to the WPSL. Yeah, it'll be really great to see how, how they fit into um, into the WPSL this year. And uh, they you know, certainly seem to be a very ambitious project. So that's exciting. And you know, on, on the note of both them and the, the Young Stars, you know, great to see you know the soccer scene in the Dakotas continue to develop. Obviously, um, there's elements of that that have happened for the last couple of years in the NPSL with uh, with the Sioux Falls Thunder and the Dakota Fusion, who, who Dakota Fusion being in North Dakota. Uh, and you know, those those are two states that certainly are full of people that love soccer, but the infrastructure is not quite there for them to express it the way other states do. Um, and unfortunately, those both those states essentially have no professional sports in general. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, great, great to see little steps being made and, and, and all that. Um, a lot of those teams have great connections to immigrant communities in, in Fargo and Sioux Falls. And um, yeah, look forward, look forward to seeing how both those teams do uh, in their in their respective uh, seasons this year. Um, and last thing before we go, just want to plug some of these stories you can find at SodaSoccer.com. We talked about Dominic's Rochester FC article. Um, Eli Hoff just uh, posted his first quote-unquote conjecture lecture, uh, basically looking into Minnesota United stats, uh, what it says about their goalkeeping, what it says about their passing, their nutmegs. Uh, there's an opportunity within the article to make some really inappropriate jokes. So if you're into that sort of thing, go check that out. Um, and then also Eli did the post-match for the New York Red Bulls, uh, the victory over the New York Red Bulls. So you can go check that out. Um, Saturday, it's match day again for Minnesota United. We mentioned prime time, 7 p.m. kickoff against the uh, San Jose Earthquakes. I don't know why I almost blanked there on who they're playing. Uh, it's right here in front of me. Um, it'll be myself, 
and Sam Pfeiffer from Pot on Your Loons uh, that will be doing the uh, the post game show, the post Loons live post game show. Had a really really good turnout uh, for the match uh, after the New York match. I'm sure the win had a lot to do with that, and the Dane St. Clair performance had a lot to do with that. Um, so we like to keep that momentum going. I know it's going to be a home match. A lot of you might be at the game. Um, we're going to give it, we're going to let the match breathe a little bit before we go live about a half hour after the final whistle, you'll be able to find us. So even if you can't watch, if you're on the drive home, maybe just throw it on your phone and put your phone in your cup holder and, you know, call it good. Um, but anyways, um, really appreciate all the support at sodasoccer.com. Check out the great work that Dominic, Eli, Jacob, John, everybody on the team is doing. And again, make, uh, make sure you consider um, becoming a patron at patreon.com slash soda soccer dominic any parting words before we get out of here uh oh yeah i mean just gonna jump on that that bandwagon quick and just yeah say thank you to everybody that's supported so far this project that we're doing and uh hope that you stick around and there's a lot more to come uh i got an article i'm excited about putting on two weeks or a week and a half or whatever ends up being and uh and so does everyone else everyone's pumping out content in various forms so uh, yeah, thank you again for, for all the support, and please uh, please stick around. By the time this does drop, I should mention John Marthaler will have a piece out, but it hasn't dropped yet, so I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be great because it's coming from John. So may, if you haven't checked that out, make sure you go check that out. John, didn't forget about you, buddy. Uh, big thank you to the uh, great local businesses that support us, Stimulus Athletic, Night Street Soccer and Coffee, and Pence Homes. Uh, you can check them out if you missed the ad reads in the episode or you skip the ad reads in the episode like I tend to do when I listen to podcasts, just make sure you click those links in the show notes below, uh, read all about and learn all about the great businesses that support uh, Soda Soccer and 10,000 Pitches. All right, he's Dominic Jose Bazonio. My name is Jeremy Rushing. This has been 10,000 Pitches, and we will catch you next week for a new episode of the podcast, but also Saturday night following the match against San Jose. Have a good one, guys. 